All right. What's up, everybody? What's going on? It's freaking Wednesday. We're recording early because you're going to the Tom Nick train get together this weekend. Yes, I'm going to get turned up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> actually, no, I might not do much, actually. <laughs> like I might because there's like a dinner and stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, at first I was like, I'm going to, you know, let loose. But then over the holidays, I kind of let loose. And I was like, after that, I didn't feel very good. So I was like, I don't know if I really want to do that again, but I will be happy to see everyone. So that'll be awesome. Um, I'm excited to see, like, I've had people message me and say, Hey, are you going? I'm like, yeah, I'm going. And it's going to like, so it's pretty cool. Um, it just sucks. Cause a lot of people are actually out of town this weekend. So, um, people that would otherwise be in Cleveland are not going to be in Cleveland. So it's actually a lot of people coming into Cleveland and the people that are living there that would have been able to come like can't. So, so, but it'll be cool. For sure. No, I'm excited for everyone. Yeah. I'm just excited to use that new pendulum squat. It's pendulums are really fun. I mean, there's this one that I tried at, um, Oh shit. I can't think of the, uh, I want to call it power station. I think it's in like Middletown, Ohio, and their pendulum is unlike any other that I've seen. It almost seems kind of like ghetto in the sense that they like made it themselves, but like, Mm -hmm. it's real smooth. Like it's real smooth. Like you almost like, you know, the rollers that they slide packages on, like they use like refurbished, like package rollers as like your back support. So it's really weird, but it's, oh, it was money. It was my favorite pendulum to date. I've only used one pendulum and it was uh, handmade as well. Like someone made it. Well, I guess they're all kind of handmade, but that somebody made it like somebody that owned the gym made it. And it's like, yeah. how do you even think of, it's at Warhouse in San Diego yeah. um, over here. And, and he made it, the, the owner made it. And I was like, how do you even like think like that? Like mechanically, how do you know? Like what? <laughs> But he did it and he's done it. A co- he's made um, his own leg extension with like a car seat. Like he got a car seat. Yeah, he got a car seat and put like, <laughs> like, a, like, a, leg extension, like a leg developer on it. And so when you're when you're in the seat, like you have to like strap in <laughs> to hold yourself down. But it works like it makes sense. It's cool as fuck. And it's like a leather car seat. <laughs> that's awesome. I love when people are so fucking creative. Like that's so cool. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so I'm excited about that this weekend and I'm actually working from home for a couple weeks. So I'm like kind of excited about that. Like my job was all giving me shit because when we found out, okay. So the reason why is because of the new Omarion variant, um, that was a joke, but Omicron variant. <laughs> I was like, is there another one? <laughs> and she's like straight faced. And I'm like, okay, that didn't work. Um, but we went remote because of the new, the, the variants surging. Like when we came back on Monday, literally like 40% of the staff was not there on campus. So, wow. and wow. that was all due to being sick. So um, they decided to just go remote on Tuesday and now we're going to be remote for a couple of weeks. So I don't know if that's going to change. Um, it shouldn't change, but you never know with this stuff. Mm-hmm. It's like, there's something else. Like they said that it's hard for, what did they say? Tony was telling me something about how the COVID tests can't decipher between like the flu and COVID right now yeah. because they're like yeah. similar in, in, makeup. So 
I guess it's just more apparent than what it was before. Like people are calling it the flu Rona and stuff like that. So (laughs) uh, yeah, no, yeah, seriously. So I don't know what's going to happen. They're saying that we're going to come back, but I don't really know for good. I I don't know. I wouldn't be too confident because it's like the last time they said we were going to come back, we didn't come back for a year and a half. And we were supposed to be gone for only two weeks and we were gone for a year and a half. Like, so who knows, but, but yeah, I'm, I'm happy because I can live out my coaching life. That's right. That's right. You get to stay in your gym jams and your hoodie and just like, fuck all. Oh, and I just love not driving to work. Like, I just love like not going anywhere and not spending money on gas Mm -hmm. because gas out here is like 450 a gallon. I know. It's, Shit. That's it's I bad. That, Mike, I get that Costco gas and it's like 285. And I'm no, like, no, it's it's like 450 here. And like in some areas in LA, I've seen it. It's not that bad right now, but over the summer it got up to like six dollars. Like some places were like six bucks a gallon. Nah. And it's like it's at that point, it's like, should you even go outside? Like, mm-hmm. should you even like go anywhere? It's like, why am I why am I going to work to make money? So that I can spend money on going to work. Yeah. <laughs> like, exactly. why am I doing that? Why am I doing that? So fuck that shit. I'm so, they were giving me shit because when we found out, I'm on, I'm on Zoom, like smirking. I'm like, <laughs> like and they're like, they're like, look at Brittany all happy because she can go home and not. And I'm like, hell yeah, I'm happy. I know you like to come in person, but I don't like to. I don't like any of you. Like, <laughs> and so, no, no, they give me shit about it because they're all super jaded towards, like, you know, coming in person and, like, all that. But I'm, like, no. Like, I'm not. That's not me. So, yeah. I'm ha- I was happy about it. And they were, like, mad that I was happy. And I was, like, I mean, I can get what I want sometimes, too. <laughs> but anyway. That's, um, that's fucking awesome. I love it. <laughs> When do you know if you actually need more food? It's phase dependent. I'm reading the notes. (laughs) Honestly, yeah, literally, it kind of just depends. Like, I think a lot of people are like always questioning, like, you know, their coaches as, oh, do I need more food? Or they'll tell their coaches, hey, I think I need more food. And it's like, well, let's look at some criteria to actually think about are you needing more food for growth or whatever your goals are, whether you're like reversing or, like hitting a plateau or whatever it is, or is something else off that is making you feel hungry that we don't really need to change anything. We just need to like stay on plan. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, I wouldn't misconstrued. I think, well, when I, when I've thought that I needed more food, most of the time it was from like hunger cues um, and me feeling like, Oh, my metabolism is probably on fire because I'm hungry (laughs) back in the day, back in the day. And, um, But, you know, I've never been one to like add in food randomly. I've never been, I've always kind of stuck to my coaches, like whatever macros my coach has me on, I've always stuck to them. Um, I've never actually said, like, I think I need more food. I'll just kind of be like, I'm really hungry. I am hungry. I'm annoyed because I'm so hungry. I'll like keep saying it until like, you know, eventually, but with Mark, it doesn't work. Like I've had like a previous coach that if I was complaining about hunger, he'd just give me more food, which wasn't the, which wasn't the thing you should do. But at the time I didn't know, like, I was just like, I'm, I'm hungry. I'm, I'm really bothered by it. Um, with Mark, it's like, if I were, you know, reversing, especially when you're reversing, you'll see your hunger cues go up. Um, 
he'll, he'll just ignore me. He'll just be like, huh, okay, uh, just stay on the protocol or keep going. Like we won't, we don't need to add in food right now. Um, so yeah, it's definitely phase dependent. And I think that one of the reasons why we're talking about this is because you see so often on social media, like people kind of bragging about their macros and how much they can eat or how much they sh- they're eating. And it's like, that doesn't mean that you're doing good. Like just because you have a lot of food, it doesn't mean you're doing bad either. Nobody it's, it's just how your body works. Um, and so for me, for example, like I don't have, well, one, I'm, I'm a small girl. I'm 4'11". So like, I don't need as much food as somebody who is much taller and much larger than me. Um, despite the fact that I might have a lot more muscle on me. So like probably maybe the most I've calories I've had in total was like 2,500, like every training day. And right now I only, the highest calorie day I have is like 24 something on one day a week. So like, you know, in some phases you might need more food and in some phases you might need less food. And I'm the heaviest that I've ever been. I just weighed in at the heaviest I've ever been today. Um, with a lot more, I know I have a lot more muscle on me now than I did then. Um, and back then I was bragging about how much I was eating, but it didn't mean that I really needed to do all of that. Um, and there were a lot of thing, other things going on during that time that probably indicated I shouldn't have been eating that much. Um, but just because you're eating a lot doesn't mean that that's a good thing. And it doesn't mean it's a bad thing either. So please, like, I just hate when I see people bragging about their macros. And it's like, I don't care as I'm growing. Like, <laughs> you know, so that's one of the reasons why I wanted to talk about it today is because more food is not always better. Um, it's just dependent on what you need. Yeah. And so, cause not everyone needs that. Mm-hmm. Like I was one of those bitches that did brag because look, I was with, you know, you know, the same coach Britt was with, um, previously, uh, you know, I, we didn't have like step goals or anything like that. And in my off season, I still did like an hour of cardio on my quote unquote rest days and trained six days a week. And the training wasn't near as intense. But, you know, again, since we didn't have a step goal, I was like, oh, well, I noticed that he keeps giving me more food, the more activity that I do. So I was hitting 25 to 30,000 steps a day and eating about four to 5,000 calories. And it's like, it was hard for me to gain weight. And it's like, you know, they got to the point where, and I was also vegan at the time. So like, mind you, my fiber, because I, I didn't, again, I didn't know, I didn't understand like the role of digestion or the importance of it. Like I'd have like almost hundred grams of fiber a day. And like my, like literally, like I have a picture that I posted, I think twice now, like comparing AM and PM. And it's not necessarily that I was bloated. Cause it wasn't like that painful, like extension. It was just the sheer volume of fucking food and fiber that was inside of me. And I was a little bikini girl back then. So like, imagine like me being 128 pounds, but like looking almost pregnant because you were just so full of food. Like it's honestly not fun. It's not. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I would brag about it because I thought it was cool because like, oh, I'm so special. Like I'm another L Burns, you know, where you get to eat so much food and stay tiny. When in reality is I was so addicted to exercise that, you know, my coach kept having to feed me just so I would put on weight. Did he know that you were doing all that or did you not no. tell him? Oh, you didn't well, tell no, him. Right. He didn't know, but he didn't ask. And I didn't <laughs> tell him because I didn't know. Right. It was, it was both like, he didn't ask because it just what well, he didn't set a step goal. And I didn't tell him because I didn't think it was important because it was never talked about having a step goal. So I was just like, oh, well, I'll continue to do what I've always done and walk hella steps from college. And 
I get more food every time I walk more. So I'm like, oh, more food, more walks, better versus yeah. somehow, like somehow my brain like justified that. Yeah, yeah. That's in- that's crazy. Um, yeah, I've never been one that could handle like a lot of food, even when my cardio is pretty high. Mm-hmm. Um, so well, I can eat a lot of food. I have no problem putting down food. It's right. that like I my body fat set point is is not like anything crazy. Like my body fat set point, I have a lot of body. Well, I don't want to say a lot of body fat because like it's relative. Right. But I tend to hang on to body fat. Um, but I hang on to it like upper body wise, like a lot in my arms, a lot in my chest, a lot in my back. And I have lower, like you'll, I see that I have like less body fat around like my hips and like my quads, even my waist is really small, but it's like, I hang on to it on the top. Um, and so like just from my body fat set point alone, like I don't, I know that I don't need to put down as much food because I'm usually, I'm usually right back after a show, right back to where my body wants to be very shortly after it's like, it's like, it knows it doesn't let me stay where I, I would like to stay, I guess, quote it it'll go back to where it was when I was a teenager. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm never been the type that was able to have like 500 grams of carbs a day or anything like that. Like I've always been like capped at, (laughs) I've always been capped at around like 300 and that's where I am right now. Um, but yeah, so I've, you know, as far as when you actually need more food, um, it is phase dependent. Um, so where would you actually need more food when you're reversing, um, when you're reversing and you're bringing, if you're bringing stress levels down, so you might need more food, then that's when you might need more food. So we're not talking about hunger. Like we're not talking about, I feel like I need more food. It's when is the right time. So when you're reversing, if you're growing, so if you're like growing, more muscle you're trying to put on more muscle is when you might need to add in more food periodically if you're hitting a weight plateau um despite hitting your programming 100% you might need more food there if you find yourself like still progressing in weight like is like maybe a pound half a pound every couple of weeks you're fine but if it's like you see yourself still like for me like I'm gaining weight really rapidly right now yeah. um probably from holiday stuff. There's a lot of factors that are going on there, hormonal stuff. So I'm not going to get more food for a long time. I know that. Um, if I decide if, if Mark even does that, but he's not going to give me more food right now. Um, so when you're still like progressing weight rise, body weight wise, your energy levels are high. Um, you don't really need to add in more food. Like you're just, you should probably stay where you're at and just lean on your training. So instead of thinking about like, this is how I think of it, like, don't expect that every single week you're going to get more food. Like, I think that there's a, there's sometimes where we expect that we're like, I'm checking in with my coach and therefore I'm going to get more food. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not the case. If you don't get more food, it doesn't mean you're doing bad. It means you're doing good and that you don't need it. And so instead of thinking and, and being not upset, but you know, like, overthinking the fact that you don't, you're not getting more food right now, lean into your training intensity, like get better at training during this time, because the point of it, of your food is to assist you in your training. 
And then once you get over that hump, then there's the potential to add in more food. Um, but you have to like master the state that you're at before you add in another, you know, another variable, which could be more food. So that's my two cents about that. Um, what do you think? Yeah, what do you I, mean, think? I, think, I think it is just that stigma of us being rewarded by food. And that could be a cultural thing. That could be something that was instilled upon our parents where it's like food being presented is like a positive thing. And it should just be neutral. Like, especially if you are like in the, the realm of bodybuilding, like it's either a good or a bad thing. If you get food or don't get food or get food taken away, like it's just something, it's a data point that's being manipulated by your coach to get a desired outcome. It doesn't make you like, obviously, like if you're having to like cut food hard and fast during a dieting phase, cause you're fucking around with your training and not doing your cardio as intensely, intensely as you should be as a different discussion. But like, again, food is something that you need, like Britt said, for training to, you know, get the desired outcome for your goal. Um, especially if it's coming from like increasing body composition, like gaining muscle, for example, you know, we can also think like, when do we need to add more food? Maybe if it's a weight plateau for a dieting phase and you've been like progressing really, really well from week to week, you know, you're, you're making sure your training's still high, your cardio is done intensely with purpose, but you notice that like your progression is starting to slow and that metabolic adaptation starting to set in. Well, that might be in that should be a kind of variable for your coach to be like, you know what, maybe we need like a refeed over the course of the next two to three days, like nothing super crazy, not like cheat meals, but like a controlled refeed of carbohydrates to kind of help with this metabolic adaptation that's starting to set in, you know, depending upon if you're dieting for a show or dieting for maybe like just a lifestyle client, like maybe if you have the time to spare, like you're not choosing a show, you're allowing your body to kind of dictate the rate of progress. Like maybe you could do a full on diet break for like a full week and like, you know, taper down cardio, you know, still have training at a good intensity. So you are like keeping up with that muscle mass. Like you don't want to pump the brakes necessarily and do a deload, like still keep that training high, but maybe pull out other stressors like cardio and, you know, put that food to use and also have that psychological break as well. Yeah. And there's also like, you brought up a good point about like tapering back other things like cardio or, and, and it's not, you, there are ways that you can manipulate your expenditure and just like your recovery by not necessarily needing more or less food. So like, so for example, like I started reversing Amy. So Amy is one of my clients. And the first thing we did mostly like, cause I added in more food, but the main thing we did after post-show was pull all cardio. Okay. And so like, honestly, I could have pulled all cardio and not given her more food. And she still would have felt better. Like she would have been, but you know, she needs more food for her hormonal like sake. Um, but when you're reversing, like, or when you're adding in more food in general or taking it away, like you have to think of those things as well. Like what is your training intensity looking like? Um, what is your overall expenditure looking like? Because pulling expenditure is a way I know it's not really adding in more food, but you're adding in more, um, more resources. You're giving your body more resources, even by just doing that. So like, if you really want to go slow, you can go that slow. Um, but again, like it all is person dependent, but yeah, that's the first thing I did with Amy was I pulled all her cardio. I gave her just a tad bit more food. I didn't like 
skyrocketed up like and just and and let her still continue to to train at the way that she was like I pulled her back to like three to four RAR and we pulled all cardio now I could have you know another way of thinking could have been we'll keep you training at the same intensity we'll bring back cardio to instead of seven days a week to four days a week but you can still do an hour and giving her a bunch of food well she she would have been extremely stressed by that. She would have been happy that she can eat a lot of food, but she been, would have been very stressed by not pulling back on intensity, not pulling back on expenditure. And then on top of that, like her digestion probably would have been tanked from just the, the addition of random carbs um, that were not there before. So like the, you, there's a there's a right way to do it and then there's a right way to do it. Like, and so you kind of, you want to think like critically like that, or at least that's how I think. So 100 with my one client reversing, um, it's Brittany, but not Brittany, it's Brittany. So A and Y, you know, we did something Brittany. kind of similar. Like, um, she was with, with like a macros only coach and she <laughs> then came to me because of like the hormonal stuff. And, you know, I kept her cardio in, but I halved it. And then I slowly increased food. And then like when she started sending me training videos, I was seeing where her current training intensity was. So then I can kind of dictate whether or not we need to dial back all cardio and then increase food or maybe, you know, keep cardio in and increase food further. So I was like trying to see where she was at mentally. And when when I saw her training videos, I was like, okay, well, we definitely can keep our intensity level where it's at for right now, since it could be higher, but let's go ahead and pull off cardio and then slowly started to add food. And, you know, she's up eight, nine pounds, but like, it's, you know, she's filling out. She's looking a lot better. Like hunger cues are normalizing, which is great. And now we don't have the, all that added extra stress of all the incline walking that she was doing. So it's just like stepwise processions. And, you know, the goal is to just get back to a better hormonal spot, better psychological spot, put on some body fat and like trying to feel like a freaking human again. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. And then as far as like, you know, when you're in a dieting phase and you've maybe been in the dieting for a long time, where should you add in food when you start? Like, cause I mean, if you're dieting for a show, your point of fatigue is different than if you're just in a lifestyle cut, like just understand that. Like if you're in contest prep, the moment you start feeling like you need more food, you do not need more food. Like you need to push through it. Like before, you know, you need to push through it for a little bit more before you can actively like your point of threshold for like fatigue should be very different than if you're in a lifestyle cut. So just know that number one, um, but like refeeds during dieting at any, in any facet lifestyle or competition, um, could be, you, you might one feel very fatigued. Maybe your performance is going down. Um, and you don't want it to just yet. Eventually it will, and it will stay down when you're in a competition prep, but you know, there's a point where it, you don't might not want it to just yet. Um, so or your progress is stalling. So like you haven't your, but this is after your food's very low. So like, this is after you're very low in calories, you're pretty high in cardio and maybe your coach doesn't want to dip down that far yet, or you're not at the body fat yet for you to be pulling even more. Um, so you might have some sort of refeed or a diet break. Um, and that'll be up to what your coach thinks you need. But for me, for example, I have a client who's a lifestyle client. Um, so, and he's been dieting since the fall into fitness challenge. And now he's at like, 
well, before we added in this diet break, cause he's, I had him, I'm having him do a diet break right now. He was at like around 2000 calories a day, 1900, 2000, which for a male is like, is pretty low. Like for a male, like, you know, that's pretty low. It's not like detrimental, like, especially since he's not training like crazy. Um, he's just very busy with work and very stressed. So right now we're doing a one week diet break where each day, actually, this might seem like a lot for some people, but you have to understand, like he, he has, he's a man, he's pretty well muscled and he has to, he has to increase his glycogen storages again. So I have him on a diet break of an extra 60 grams of carbs a day. Um, and I pulled all his cardio. So he's not doing cardio this week. Um, and so next week we'll start pulling food back down. Um, and then we'll see from there, but it's like, you know, for some people like 60 grams, like every day, like while you're dieting, um, well, it's like 60 to 80 grams really depends on which day, but that might seem like a lot, but he's remember he's been dieting for a long time. Like since the fall to finish challenge, it's like what September. Um, so yeah, it's a long time and he stopped showing progress. So I was like, you know what? Um, let's go ahead and do a diet break and then see where we're at next week. And he's very nervous about it. He's like, Oh my gosh, like no cardio, like, you know, but it's what he needs so that he can continue to progress. Um, even his motive, even you might find like when you're in a lifestyle cut, like your motivation goes down too. Like you're not like excited. Um, and in a lifestyle cut, like you're not really supposed to be feeling that way. I mean, you can feel that way. You're not, I'm not saying that you're not going to, but you're not supposed to really feel fatigued to the point where you're like, I don't want to do this anymore. You know, um, contest prep is for that. And so, yeah, so it depends. It really depends. Yeah. Another case where, again, this is going to be definitely based on the person, but like if biofeedback is dictating, that we need more food. Like that's another point to consider, but it's also important to like actually look at biofeedback and not have your persuasion or your, your, your decision kind of persuade by the client, like whining about being hungry. So like, for example, if we're having recovery issues, despite, you know, making sure the training volume and intensity is appropriate, our stress is being managed to where it should be. Our sleep is still at a good spot, but you're finding that your recovery isn't good and maybe you're not getting pumps and blood work is fine. Otherwise, you know, maybe that might be something where we're just like needing more food to just, you know, help get those pumps back and help to make those training sessions more productive. But again, this is going to be very person dependent as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's always person dependent. So it's like, we, we could throw all the numbers we, we can at you, but it really depends on what that person needs. Um, so like, even if you were to do just a, a refeed, like when would you do a refeed versus a diet break? That all depends. It all depends on the length of time the person was dieting. Mm-hmm. It all depends on, again, like recovery, biofeedback. Um, you might start with a refeed and then realize they need a diet break. Yeah. You know, yeah, like that's usually that, the way to go is like, you can like see what their weight's doing. And especially if it's like holding steady or maybe even dropping, it's like, oh, well, this is clearly like what their body's needing. So maybe we just make it a full week. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, when that happens, like if that happens and you're an athlete and your coach does have you do that, like, and you don't, maybe you don't feel like you need to, but they're like, you need to mm-hmm. like, just take that into consideration too. Cause it might be the opposite. It might be, be that they don't feel like they need it. And they're, they're, they feel great and they can push harder. And their coach is like, actually, no, like, I think we should pull back. 
Um, and they're taking all of the, those bits and pieces to make that decision. Don't be afraid of that either. Like I've had clients that I tell them you need a refeed or you need a diet break. And they're like, no, I don't. No, I don't. I feel great. And I'm like, I'm not asking you if you feel great. Like, I know you feel great, but I'm telling you, you need a, you need a diet break. Mm -hmm. And then they have a diet break or a refeed. And then when they're done, like they drop like five pounds the next week. And it's like, and then they keep progressing and it's like, okay, like, so, and it, it takes some, it takes some application for you to realize that that's a real thing that like, you know, pulling back and adding in more food during that time is a good thing. It's not a bad thing. Mm -hmm. Um, and don't be afraid of that either. If you're in that mindset, it's like, you know, of like push harder. I'm going to, I'm going to get to where I need to faster. Um, it, you can be excited about it because then you can train harder for that. However much time that you have those extra resources. So exactly. And then again, the, the point we want to drive home is like hunger is not necessarily a cue for more food. Like that's why I'm not a huge fan of intuitive eating. Like obviously there are special circumstances where like tracking is just too much of a psychological stressor that like, yeah. Okay. So eat intuitively, but like be smart with the foods that you pick, but like, you know, for example, a hunger cue skew could be due to like a menstrual cycle. It can be mm-hmm. due to poor sleep or a high stress scenario that messes with like you wanting like high sugary, high fat stuff. It can be like the types of foods that you're eating. Like if you're eating a bunch of shit, you're going to have hunger cues and cravings for that shit versus someone who's eating actual food, not food like substances. So that's why, again, we like preach the importance of proper nutrition because it is important in just overall longevity, but also normalizing hunger cues. Like if you notice that like, you give up sugar for Lent or, you know, let's say the new year resolution and you're craving sugar and you're having like headaches and withdrawal symptoms. There's a reason for that because like your body's literally addicted to it. That's why, again, it's important to make sure that the yes, macros are important, but so are micros. And so are, you know, the, the quality of the food and the nutrition that we're consuming as well. Yeah. I also want to touch on, um, I do want to touch on hunger cues in the reverse phase mm-hmm. um, and why they're so skewed and why it's important for you to not give in. Like, so anyone that's dieted has and has stuck to like a reverse protocol probably has felt this. I've felt it. I've felt like, oh my gosh, like I'm going to die because I'm so hungry. <laughs> um, but understand that like your leptin and ghrelin levels, which are your hunger hormones, they're very skewed um, after a dieting phase. And this is due to a lot of hormonal things that occur during your dieting phase. And the severity can be determined by your health at the time. And then also how far away you are from your body fat set point. So if you're very far from your body fat set point, your body's going to keep telling you that it needs to eat. It's going to tell, it's going to like, even when you're done with a meal, like you're going to feel like you're still in contest prep or you're still cutting. And it's like, why do I still feel this way? I'm getting more food, but I'm still hungry. Um, And most people would think like, oh, my metabolism is just on fire and it's really high, but that's actually not the case. It's actually pretty downregulated because the lower in mass that you are, the less um, your body fat, your body will burn at rest. And the less it's using at rest, the less like um, movement you'll, you'll subconsciously do because you're smaller and you have less energy. And so your met rate is actually very slow. Um, So when it comes to like your leptin and ghrelin, leptin levels are dictated by body fat. So less body fat, less leptin produced. 
And so, and they're not going to return back to normal until you return to homeostasis, but you can't just go from low body fat all the way up to your previous set point too quickly. Um, because that's not going to help you either because your met rate is so low and you're, you probably have less, um, muscle mass as well. You don't want to just go from that to your previous body fat set point because your lean mass is not as high as it, as it was previously. It's just not. Um, so your hunger, your hunger signaling is off because body fat levels are low and your body's saying, we want to go back to homeostasis. Um, but it's imperative that you know that these feelings are just temporary and that they will go back to normal as long as you stick to the plan. So your, your coach is going to give you more food. Your coach is going to keep lowering your, your, um, lowering your activity, lowering your expenditure, but you have to stick to it because remember that your, your state is not the same as it was when you previously started dieting. And so you can't just pound more food to get more, to get back to that. Um, because you're going to put yourself in a completely different state than your previous diet than before you started dieting. And you might think it's fine because you're lean, but it's not fine. So just like, I wanted to touch on that, like, and since we're talking about hunger signaling and hunger cues, um, and why that's so important to just sort of ignore, like, I know it's like, why would I ignore my hunger cues? It's because it's, if you have physique goals, now, if you don't have physique goals and (laughs) like that's, that's on you. But if you do have physique goals and you want to continue to compete and you want to have a better physique for next time, like you need to stick to a reverse. Mm -hmm. Um, like I remember my last show experience was post-show experience was terrible. Um, as far as binging and my hunger cues and how bad it was. So like right now I'm 128. And when I was on stage last time, I was 93 pounds. So that's almost yeah, that's, that's like a 35, 40 pound, diff, almost 40 pound difference. Yeah. Um, and like, I don't even know how I got that small. Like, I don't even, but imagine like me, like at that, my body is like telling me you're so far off from like, what we're used to you doing it. And it, and it's telling me to eat. Mm-hmm. And I remember I, I was, you know, in an episode, I was eating an entire jar of peanut butter And I called my mom and I was like, mom, like, I don't know what's happening. Like, I also didn't have a coach that was very supportive. Um, And, and she was like, if you want to compete again, you got to stop. That's all she said was I was crying and stuff. I was being a little baby, but like, she was like, if you want to do this again, you need to stop. Like, so your mom's a badass. I want to meet her. Can we have her on the pod? Yeah, no, she's, but she's pretty like, I wouldn't say she's shy, but, uh, she's very, out, she's very outspoken, but she's just, uh, I don't know how she would do on the podcast. Maybe she seems maybe. like the, the wise owl and like that Tootsie pop commercial. Like she just seems so wise and so chill. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's what she, that's still, that's what she told me. She said it. She just was like, Brittany, if you want to do this again, you need to stop. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I was like, okay. And it was hard the first like week getting back to normal. Um, not giving into some of the things my brain was telling me to do, but eventually like you get back on it. And do I wish it wouldn't have happened sometimes do I sometimes, but at the same, and it took months for me to undo what I did. Like, and it's not, it wasn't just that jar of peanut butter. It was lots of, lots of binging. Um, 
And I, if it wouldn't have happened, I wouldn't know how other people feel when that happens to them. So if that happens to you or it has happened to you, it's okay. We're not telling you you're a bad person, but like, you know, just understand that like, it's not your body that's really telling you things. It's your brain. hundred percent. So, so and you, you need to understand the difference. Right. So. And I think a good kind of tool for that is like your stomach has stretch receptors. Like it is, it has like actual like rugae, which is like the proper term for it. I think I'm saying that right. Which will allow your stomach to expand, but also has stretch receptors where it's like, if it stretches too much, your stomach signals to your brain be like, yo, enough. But mm-hmm. like, there's that little caveat where your brain can bypass that. And like, that's in the case of binge eating disorders, which you could classify post show as almost like a binge eating disorder, but I, you know, didn't even compete. I was anorexic for two, three years. And eventually my body just fucking flipped. And like, I developed a binge eating disorder like that. I mean, like literally overnight where I would down like boxes of cereal, like it was nothing like just so much fucking food. Like I would have trips to the kitchen, even though I would alter between savory and sweet, because you still have that, like, you know, component where your taste buds get fatigued, where you have to like alter the two and holy shit. Like I would like restrict all day eating 500 calories, but go on like a 10,000 calorie binge. Easy, easy. Mm -hmm. It is so easy to do. So by all means, we are not like shaming anyone because we have all been there. Yeah. So, you know, especially it's, if it comes to eating disorder, like you have to get help for that, but shit. Isn't it crazy though? Like, I like what you said about how the brain will bypass mm-hmm. what your body is, what your body is telling you. Like it will, it's the, it's the driver of all things you do. And so that's why, um, I'd argue that with, well, most people would argue that with eating disorders, it's a lot of mental like battle, like it's, it's mostly your mind's telling you certain things. Um, and it's, it's hard to get out of it because you're like, my mind is literally telling me to do this, Mm -hmm. but I know at the same time, I'm not supposed to feel this way. Um, especially after an episode, like where, where you've binged and you feel very guilty or you just feel like crap after like your body is like, what the heck is going on? Your blood pressure is high. And like heart rate is high. Right. Like, no, exactly. It's like, you feel like your heart's going to jump out of your chest. Like, and (laughs) you know, you're not supposed to feel that way, but in the moment your brain was like, yes, keep doing that. Yes. Keep doing that. Like I'm happy. And, um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's all a mental game. Um, it's even if you are not dieting and you feel like you need more food, like, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's a mental game. That's why I think it's good to have a coach. It's good to have somebody that tells you yes or no, yep. you know, it's good to have somebody that's like, you know, that is going to be real with you and be, t- and tell you like, no, you do not need this. This is what I see in your physique right now. And this is what we started with. And like, it's, it even helps to to show people how far they've come to, um, in, in their mindsets, um, and in, in just in their lifestyle habits before you kind of give into whatever they think they should be having with, with, when it comes to food. Um, so more food is not always more. Okay. So bodybuilding it's eat, sleep, train and stress management, but you don't want too much of any of that. It's, it's like, there's this balance, there's this balance of it that is very important to understand. Um, like you want to train, 
but you don't want to do too much to the point where your stress levels are impacted. Like you don't want to be too focused on stress management because you end up being stressed. Like you don't want to have too much food because you need to have the body composition to be able to still continue to grow and make sure you don't put on too much body fat and to make sure that your digestion isn't impacted so that you're not stressed and so that you can still train. So it's like this fine balance between all of those things, but more of that is not always better for muscle growth. Mm -hmm. So exactly. And I think it's really important to understand that like, why is more food not better is because of body fat. Like, yes, you need to have a certain, a certain amount of body fat for just functionality, but if it gets too high, then we're going to be running into things like chronic inflammation. We're going to be running into things like, um, estrogen dominance. Cause like your fat cells are going to be aromatizing your testosterone. So if you have even less testosterone, well, that's not going to be ideal for muscle building either. Then we're going to have decreased pumps in the gym. You're going to feel lethargic. You might not be digesting your food. And if we're eating all of this fucking food and not digesting it and not absorbing it, well, you're kind of shooting yourself in the foot there. So you know, these are the reasons why we don't actually like necessarily want to aspire to, you know, 7,000 plus calories and a high body fat percent point. Like, yes, some bodybuilders have done that, but like, was that optimal? Probably not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So just like, it, it depends on the person, like mm-hmm. who gets more food. Right. Right. But, um, you got to make sure that your body is using the food that you are eating before you increase it. It's not like you just increase food just because you increase food. Like you have to be utilizing it. Um, so yes, food is not always, food is not always what we need. Um, and it's not always the best thing. Sometimes you just need to pull back on, uh, expenditure. Like maybe I don't get a food increase, but I have less steps that I need to hit next week. Yeah. You know, maybe it's as, maybe it's as simple as that. Um, so just keep all of that in mind. Um, when you actually need more food, it's because you actually will use the food. So exactly, exactly. Good talk. Will you guys have a great rest of your week, or I guess a good start to your week when you guys hear this and we will see you guys next time. Peace. (laughs) Oh, wait, hold on. I can't, I can't find (laughs) Wait, wait, wait. We just keep this on here. Here we go. All right. All right. For real. Peace. (laughs)